Well, good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well this morning. We will be doing our devotion this morning. Um, I'm excited about our devotion this morning. I love our time together. Um, being able to open God's Word and spend time together. Now, today we're going to be talking about worship. We're going to be talking about worship. And we're going to be in Malachi. Um, and I will actually have the Bible verses up on the screen in just a moment um, for us to read together. But uh, today, uh, we're not going to be talking about uh, styles of worship. We're not going to be talking about what types of music. We're just going to be talking about what worship really is and the fact that we can't worship God the way we think we should. We have to worship God according to the way he has revealed to us. Uh, we can't approach God any way we want to. We approach God according to how he has uh, willed us to approach him. So this morning, I'm going to open in prayer, and then we'll jump into the text of uh, Malachi. We'll be in Malachi chapter 1, verses 16, 6 through 14 this morning. So let's pray. Father, we are so humbled by all of your goodness and all of your grace to us. We completely understand that we do not deserve this grace. We don't deserve any good thing from you. But because you are gracious and loving and compassionate, because your mercies are new every morning and your loving kindness endures to every single generation, you have given us so many things that we didn't deserve. And we say thank you. And this morning as we discuss uh, worship and particularly careless worship, uh, let us see you and see the fact that you have made a way for us to approach you, specifically in your Son, Jesus Christ. And may we always uh, be thankful and humble because of that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we are going to jump into the text this morning, and we are going to be in, again, Malachi 6, and we're going to go through verse 14. It says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? Now, this is God speaking to the people, uh, his people. And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? 
by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame and sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord? And now entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name in a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruits, its fruit, that is, its food may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snorted it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick. And this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed, cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Wow, what a text. We see in the text that these priests were not following God's parameters for worship. They were not following God's parameters for um, how he had commanded them to worship him and approach him. When, when we think about worship, um, we need to remember that we are approaching a holy and a righteous God who created the universe. This isn't to be done in a careless manner in a haphazard manner. Uh, our church services today should not be uh, haphazard services. They should be well thought out, and they should be approached in a way that honors Jesus Christ. These priests in this time were not honoring God. They were actually disobeying God in how he had commanded Israel and the priests to be able to approach them. And because of this, God was rejecting these priests, and God was actually even rejecting the nation for allowing these priests 
to do this. Now, if you recall that the priests, they were despising in our text the name of God by the way they handled the sacrifices in the temple. I want you to notice a few examples. Verse 8, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not, is that no evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that no evil? Remember, it was supposed to always be an unblemished animal because these animals represented the person of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he would accomplish. And remember, when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says that he was the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. He was that unblemished lamb who had no sin. And these priests were bringing in the worst animals, blind animals, animals who had defects. And instead of offering their best to God, they were offering him their worst. And I want you to think about on, on, on your worship, uh, your daily worship, your worship when you come to church. Are you offering God your best? Or are, is God getting the leftovers of your life? That's a serious question because our text today, God says he would refuse these sacrifices. If we don't give God our best, all of us, our very best that we could offer him, is he going to accept that? According to our text, he doesn't accept anything but the best. Then in verses 13 and 14, what a weariness this is. Now, this is what the priests were saying. They were saying that it was burdensome and weary to offer God the best, to look for the best, to find the best animals to sacrifice. And remember, these sacrifices were to the animal would receive the punishment for the people's sin instead of the people receiving the punishment for their sins. And again, this was an example of Jesus Christ. It was a prefigure uh, of Jesus Christ. The lamb, the rams, all of these things, the bullocks, all these things that were being sacrificed, they represented eventually Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. They, say, they said it was weary. And then the text goes on to say, and you sniff at it says the Lord of hosts, you bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Then listen, cursed be the cheat. He was saying that they were cheating God. These priests were cheating God. They were called to bring the best, and they refused to. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, according to Peter. And if we don't bring God our best, we cheat God. We cheat him of what is due him. Remember, he created us. 
we're created in the image and the likeness of God. And since he's creator, he gets to determine how we approach him. Uh, he gets to determine how we're supposed to live our lives and how we are to worship him. And when we don't follow those guidelines in which God has established in his scriptures on how we are to approach him, the Bible says we cheat him. Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and bows it and sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. The priests are offering stolen animals and animals that are lame and sick. The Lord says this is unacceptable. It is in fact a curse according to verse 14. Cursed be the cheat who sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. So you can see why it is that this, this morning we must deal with this careless worship that the priests were offering and often we offer to God. So we're going to break this down a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the origin of careless worship. Uh, Malachi leaves us in no doubt about the origin of careless worship. It is failure to see and feel the greatness of our God. He makes this clear in at least two ways. First, failing to see the greatness of God's sovereign love. We see this in verse 2 uh, um, of chapter 1. I have loved you, says the Lord. They respond in their careless, offhanded way. How hast thou loved me? When you take God's greatness and his great love for granted, it often leads to careless worship, a worship where you approach God any way you think you want to. Um, and that's just not biblical. When we approach God, he has determined how we are to approach him. Today, as believers, we approach him through Jesus Christ. We approach him humbly. We approach him with thankfulness that he has redeemed us through his great love which was demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ. Also, failing to see the greatness of God's majestic fatherhood. We saw that, see that in verse 6. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If we understand that God is our father, he has adopted us through his son, Jesus Christ. We will not um, carelessly approach him. We'll approach him through love and, and adoration because he is our father. We will approach him with respect because he is our father. So, the second way God shows the origin of careless worship is the logic of verses 11 and 14. Each of these verses is given as the reason God rejects careless worship. Notice how verse 11 is connected to verse 10. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an 
offering from your hand. For, remember for is a connecting word. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. In other words, the reason careless worship is so uh, horrible in God's sight is because it fails to recognize the greatness of God. If you refuse to worship God, God will. God has others who will approach him correctly. Exactly the same logic turns up in the connection between verse 13 and 14. Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and bows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am, remember, four connecting word. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. In other words, careless worship is unacceptable because it utterly fails to come to terms with God's greatness. So the origin of careless worship is a failure to see and feel the greatness and the majesty of God. How this failure causes careless worship. But how, how does it cause careless worship, this view of God? that refuses to see his greatness and his majesty. Malachi answers this question. It makes a person bored with God and excited about the world. If you don't see the greatness of God, then all the things that money can buy become very exciting. If you can't see the sun, you will be impressed with the street light. If you never felt thunder and lightning, You'll be impressed with fireworks. If you turn your back on the greatness and the majesty of God, you'll fall into in love with a world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. And I get this from verse 13 when they say, what a weariness this is. And you sniff at me, says the Lord. They were bored with God. Their basic attitude towards worship was this. What a weariness this is. And when you become so blind to the maker of the galaxies and the ruler of nations and the knower of all mysteries and the lover of our souls, it he becomes boring to you. Then only thing the only thing that is left is for us to fall in love with the world. And that's exactly what we have seen in the modern American church. Well, we bring in techniques of worship and gear our worship services, not around the person and work of Jesus Christ, but we begin to gear our worship services around people. What will entertain people and what will bring people back? And we began to have a people-focused worship services in our churches instead of a God-centered worship service. When we get bored with God, we began to want to please man, which is a dangerous place to be in. If we, it, It's dangerous because what happens is 
God rejects that worship. God will reject a man-centered worship. He will only accept a God-centered worship. Period. So, as we think about church and doing church, as we think about living out uh, a, a life of worship before our God, the question we must constantly come back to is, one, is my worship God-centered? Is my life God-centered? Is he at the center? Is everything flowing out of um, my understanding of God's greatness, his holiness, his majesty? Am I giving God the best of me? And then when we think about church, we need to think about why we do church. What's the purpose of church? And the purpose of a gathering of believers is firstly to worship God according to his will. Two, to fellowship according to the will of God. We cannot have worship services that are man-centered. And I'm not talking about styles of music here. Um, I will say that if your music is not theologically correct, then uh, you need to think about your music. And the type of music you're doing, God will not receive a worship that does not honor him according to his will. And if we have theologically incorrect songs in our church, um, then that becomes dangerous. Um, so I'm not talking about the style of music here. Uh, I have my preferences. You have your preferences. And we have to, to work through those things uh, within the church in a godly manner. So, this morning, I just want you to think about your worship, your life. And I want you to think about, as we begin to regather in the local church, uh, begin to think about how we do church. Are our church services God-centered? Or are they man-centered? Are we more concerned in our worship services about honoring God or about people and making people entertained? Um, those are the questions we have to ask. So, I hope this has been a blessing to you guys. It's just been something that's been on my heart recently. You know, I, a while back I did a devotion on the purpose of a local church. And we discussed a little bit. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper into uh, this this morning. Uh, but we're going to close in prayer. Uh, and again, I, I know some people have asked. What will be my next Bible study? What will be the next book I go into? Right now we're working through uh, the letter of 1 John. 
if you have recommendations, you have a, a book of the Bible that you would really like uh, me to work through, I would love to work through that. If you believe it would help people and help you grow in your faith, I would love to work through that book. Um, so just send me a message and we will look at that and, and, and go from there. All right, so let's pray, and then we're going to end it out this morning. Father, we are so thankful for your goodness and grace. Uh, and I pray you just uh, bless your people in a marvelous way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.